This show is dedicated to the memory of Tammy Hebert. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Ryan Jacob Smith, artist and illustrator, currently working out of Brooklyn. He he grew up in the Orange County and, and spent a good portion of his early years in Portland. He and I first met back in 2007 while I was the curator at the Voice 1156 Gallery in downtown San Diego. I put together a four-person show that was Kelsey Brooks, Paul Chatham, Ryan Jacob Smith, and myself. Uh, I had already known about his work prior to that from the internets and you know from following art blogs and those sorts of things. I can't exactly I can't remember where I first saw it, but um, I th- I, pr- I appreciated it right away. There's something in it that I that resonated with me. So it was cool to get Ryan on the show. We did this is a is the second Skype interview. The first one, or actually, shit, it's the third Skype interview. The first one I did with Kevin Peterson, because I couldn't get that motherfucker up out of his house. The next one I did with John Tripp out of his gallery in San Francisco. So it was cool to get Ryan on the show. He uh, he does this interview via Skype from his apartment in Brooklyn. We talk about Orange County, Pasadena, Portland, Art Center, Melinda Beck, the Clayton Brothers, Jason Hawley, Jeff Soto... Uh, the previously mentioned voice gallery, taxidermy, Portlandia, working at night, biking, Mark Murakami, running, insanity punks, laws of attraction, couch to 5K, bike snobs, commercial art, music, CIA, the Cold War, Morgan Spurlock, and the upcoming giant robot Year of the Rabbit show. Right here, I just want to real quickly get some biznass out the way. As always, the show is free and available on iTunes. You could you can go to mikemaxwellart.com and click on the blog, and you'll get uh, images and information about each person who is a guest on the show, um, and some sort of insider links and videos and those sorts of those sorts of deals. Also on there, you'll see uh, a link to the PayPal account if you are enjoying the show and feel like supporting. Um, it would be great to be able to afford some more professional mics and a little soundboard just to get the audio a little more up to speed. Uh, my production skills are getting slightly better as as we go along. Obviously, I can keep doing this thing just how it is, but if you want the show to get better and want to throw a couple bucks at the show, there's a link on the blog where you could do that. And, of course, for those of you who who are generous and, and donate you know, 10 bucks or more, um, I got some shirts coming out and and all sorts of sort of art swag that's available. If you're into that sort of thing and uh, and have some dough to throw at the show, that would be great. Um, if not, that's okay too. This will always be available for free. So with all that said and that junk out the way, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Ryan Jacob Smith. Did you get a chance to listen to any of them yet? Yeah, I listened to the Kelsey Brooks one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I, uh, I was gonna listen to the uh, uh, John Tripp one, but I didn't. I didn't get around to that one yet. So. Yeah, his was a was a Skype interview too. He did it from uh, from the gallery. 
So they, I'm, right. I, it's funny. I went through and listened last night, like checking out all the intros to all the shows and, and noticing like how I've gotten better at like production value from the oh, first right on. one all through. I'm now year number 24, I think. Oh, wow. And I've, I've only been doing it for just over three months now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cranking them out. You know, it's been really yeah. great because, I mean, as you know, you know, as an artist, we spend a lot of time by ourselves doing our work, right? And so, yeah. you know, we don't, like, sometimes I just want to go pick up a job just so I have people to work with, like have some coworkers one day out yeah. of a week or something. Because we miss some of that, right? Like, we spend so much yeah. time by ourselves. So, like, having, doing these podcasts twice a week, I have somebody come up or, you know, obviously we could do, I could do it anywhere in the world now with Skype and shit. But now I have time to sit down and have, like, an hour-long conversation, which we never really get to do. You know, it, it, it's pretty nice. But, um... Let's uh let's jump right into this thing. Uh, thanks for doing the show. I appreciate uh, it. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really psyched that you're doing a podcast. Nice. It's really cool. Um, where did you grow up at? Uh, I, I grew up in Orange County. Uh, I was I was born in Pasadena, but uh, I grew up in Orange County. And how how long were you in the Orange County for? Until until it was like until I, uh, it's funny because I was I was born in Pasadena. I lived in uh, Orange County until uh, I went to college, then I moved back to Pasadena to go to Art Center. So I lived in uh, I lived in Orange County until I was like uh, nineteen twenty. And does your your pops lives out there still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents, my parents, uh, my parents uh, live in Orange County. My mom, my mom actually works in San Diego, but she like goes back. Are your to, parents still uh, married? Yeah, they're still married, but she goes back to um orange county on the weekends uh-huh. and then works in, in uh, san diego did you move from california to portland yeah yeah i moved i uh i was in a group show with uh daniel chang and uh jeff soto in portland at a compound gallery and um and it was like the first time i've ever been there so we went out there and i just like totally like fell in love with the city and um, I met a friend of a friend who uh, kind of showed me around, and she's like, oh, how do you like the city? I'm like, oh, I totally love it. I totally would want to uh, live here eventually. And she's like, how about how about next month? Because she was huh. looking for, like, a roommate. So I was like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll totally go. And I just, like, uh, you know, next month just, like, you know, got rid of some stuff and moving all my things up there. So, and before that, before that, you were at um, you had just mentioned you were at Art Center in Pasadena, right? Yeah. What was um, what was your experience like? Because I know I've had I've had some self taught artists on the show that I'm one of, and also people who have gone through the the art school system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is really. It was really an intense school. It's like you sort of like you'd kind of drop other things in your in your life, kind of when you go there. Uh, you just kind of like live there practically. And um, so a lot of it is like really, really intense and really disciplined. And I feel like, um, which was good because it made me to focus and stuff. But a lot of times I felt, I felt like uh, that school was good. Even when I went and I was like 20 or 21, when I started, I felt young there because a lot of people I went, a lot of people I knew were already in their mid twenties to like late twenties. Like some people I had like career changes or like decided to go or, and I felt young there. And then there's people younger than me that like straight out of high school. And I felt like that was kind of a wrong 
I think for them to do because they were just kind of like I like art and they just get popped into this like crazy art school and and they didn't have much like experience you know like life experience yeah did you, you already know? have some I mean were were you making work with did you have the goal to be an artist already yeah yeah I uh when I was in high school I did a lot I did a lot of fanzines and, and I drew like some comics in junior high and then I just kind of like just really like drawing and like kind of designing stuff and like making um making designs for like friends bands and stuff and I just I just you know I really loved album art as a kid well I still do now but as a kid like that was like one of the things that like my well the ways that I would see art was through album covers like punk bands and hardcore bands and stuff and that's like how I got into um art or how I got into like illustration so uh my idea was like oh I want to do this like I want to illustrate album covers and like you know shirt designs for bands and stuff like that and and um actually it was like a a quicksand record that uh Melinda Beck design it was like I forget it was like Manic Compression came out like uh 95 or something when I saw that record I'm like oh my god this is what I want to do you know and and that's sort of like how I got into like illustration was that was that record and and actually her husband Jordan Nisip did a lot of old hardcore records too that's how I kind of got into like the idea of illustration so from that I was like okay I want to go to art center for illustration and, were, and so I had that in mind. Were those two artists that you mentioned? Were they? Did they go through Art Center as well? Or they're East Coast, um, right? No, they're East Coast. Um, yeah, they, I guess they went to. I guess they went to um, SBA. I think. Did it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just looking at. Uh, I think uh, there was an old Melinda Beck drawing that was just up on Facebook. It's something something pretty old that I think was like an art school thing or something. Not sure. I just I just happened to re- just catch it. Did you pick up some influences while you were in Art Center? Were there were there or people that you worked with that that really stood out to you that were influential and in that they they made you hyped about about moving into an art career as a as an adult as opposed to just doing like the punk rock thing and making you, doing it yourself and that sort of. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um... Like with like the Clayton brothers, of course. Like they are like, like when when people think of Art Center, they usually think of like the Clayton brothers, and um, yeah, definitely the Clayton brothers, um, and um, also Jason Holly. Like I feel like Jason Holly had a really had a good uh, influence. Were they on te- my work? Were they teaching at the time that you were a student there, or did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're teaching, yeah. And um uh, and this and as as first students would probably be like Jeff Soto, because like he was like amazing like like first semester like yeah. I think I had a couple like he was like one of the first person you know like in the orientations where they like the like they have all the groups like all the majors and like all the first you know your students all together yeah and they like go like turn to your right and say hello to someone and then turn around you know like that whole thing like meet your neighbor like he was behind me. And um, it was like a turner, you know, there was like a film student next to me. And I was like, oh, hi. Never saw that dude again. Yeah. Some other person on the right of me, never saw them again. Um, I turned around, met Jeff. I'm like, oh, you're illustration. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like we had like three classes together or something like in the first semester. And he was like 
a fucking amazing painter like straight off the bat yeah. so do you feel like your your work got uh elevated in the the amount of time that you were there from the stuff that you were making before you got there and and by the time you got out or let me let me let me put it this way did uh do you feel like you learned things that you wouldn't have learned on your own oh definitely yeah like there's like there's a couple of like uh yeah, definitely. Because like some of it, they force you to kind of do things that you kind of wouldn't really normally do on your own, but then you kind of realize why. Yeah. Like there was this like there's a class called letter form, totally kind of boring class. It was like it was almost like calligraphy, but even more like tedious. We had to get like the curves right, and you kind of like do like really like like the curves and the weight like really really spot on, perfect. Like pick a typeface and you kind of write something out. And, like, that's something, like, I would never do on my own because it's sort of, like, kind of boring stuff. But then I'm, like, I was talking to someone who, like, already graduated or was, like, about to graduate. I'm, like, oh, I have a letter form and fucking sucks, you know. And then he's, like, he's like yeah, but it's, like, you totally, like, you, 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 it teaches you to, like, look for the curves. It teaches you to, like, teaches your eye to do that. So it's, like, then I kind of realized, like, all the stuff that's, like, kind of boring, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's like there's ones where you do like you make grayscales and stuff or you make or you make like a you know like a color wheel type things and and like that stuff's kind of tedious and boring but uh but when you do it you kind of realize you know you're training your eye to look for tones or look for different hues and stuff it's like muscle memory huh yeah yeah totally so it's just you know it's like a lot of it's like this training sort of thing that like that they sort of train you to do and it's like a lot of stuff that's like not necessarily fun but when you realize like what happens after it you know like you're you improve yeah so um i i noticed from from looking i've i've been a fan of your work for a long time and uh you know i i did that one show with you at the at my gallery that i was curating at for a while back in back in the early 2000s and um i noticed that there's like a connection between science and art in your work at least from from my perception and i'm curious like for instance um a lot of the work almost reminds me of like taxidermy to a certain extent <laughs> you know um, yeah yeah are you are you into into the sciences and, and taxidermy and sort of biology and those sorts of things yeah I'm, yeah i'm into science like i feel like science is like a really it's like a visual it's definitely like a visual like subject like when you get a book it's like a science book they always have to have like diagrams of like how things work and how you know you're like a cross-section of a, of a tree or like your nervous system or like you know like veins and arteries and stuff so I always I always like like that a lot as a kid because I'm like oh it's like this is what that's made out of. Like, this is what's under my skin. And like, that's how that always intrigued me. I'm just like, this is how this works, you know? And they kind of show you yeah. with, were you the type of know. kid that uh, took things apart all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'd like take it apart and like, and like try to put it back together and stuff. So, yeah. I was always just to take apart and not worry about putting it back together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, particularly the butterfly pieces that you do quite a bit. Well, and, and the way you do your installs almost reminds me of like going to like the back room of some 
science museum or, you know, uh, like natural history museum and like pulling out a shelf and then looking at it. But I mean, not that, that you just use um, those things in your work. There's a lot of other figurative elements and, and other things that go along with it. Even like the way that the installs work, I get that sort of sense from it. So, so we we had we had mentioned Portland, and you got up there in your you in your mid twenties. Yeah, I think I moved there when I was uh, yeah I was twenty five. Have you seen the uh, Portlandia show? That's oh yeah yeah. I've caught a couple episodes. I saw the first two. <laughs> what um, what kind of things happened up in Portland? What kind of was there? Did you have any sort of like significant life changes that were based like geographically? Do you feel like you made uh, or did your environment play a role in in doing anything with your art or like your your frame of mind? Going from obviously Orange County and Pasadena to to Portland is probably somewhat of a cultural shift, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It was it was way more like chill there than even like even being on the West Coast, it was more chill than like LA and more more like laid back yeah. and it was actually it was really healthy for for my art um when i moved there because when i was living in pasadena it was like right after like that when i moved it was like maybe like a year ish after i graduated and around that time when i'd meet when i'd run into other like alumni or people i went to school with they'd be like hey you working get any jobs you know like freelance jobs and stuff and it's like when you're when you when you just graduate you may not get a job for like months yeah. You know, and you're just kind of like promoting and, and you're just stressed out because you're going to, you know, your student loans are going to kick in, you know, you're going to start have to pay those soon. So you just get like kind of stressed out about it and stuff. And like, and then uh, Art Center was like really like all my friends in LA were from Art Center and stuff. So it's just like the world was so small and, and it was like that was, you know, it's like it got a little stressful in a way. When I moved to Portland, it was a chance for me to sort of like kind of stretch out and sort of like relax and just sort of like get inspired by stuff and not have to worry so much about like about like running into somebody and have to like impress them by, you know, like, oh, I did this with, you know, this. Like, Yeah, totally. We randomly ran into each other in Portland, and I think I probably yeah. made you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did a show out there at, um, at Upper Playground. But um, uh, yeah, Portland, like I felt Portland really helped because it was smaller and that's how I got my, uh, that's how I got my first solo show. Well, just like getting the work done was way easier because I was kind of like, I was kind of like on my own and not near Art Center because it was like, when I went to Art Center, there was this like thing of you, you didn't want to like, everybody got really influenced by the teachers and then some of the students because you're just kind of crammed there. Yeah, and you go through really you go through really fast, and when people start doing their own work, it's like kind of referencing a lot of the teachers or other students. So there's this kind of like when I went there, there's a big stress for me. It was like I'm not gonna bite the teachers, like I'm not gonna like look like their stuff. Yeah, and then you're sort of like conscious of that, but it's like hard not to be influenced by their work because it's it's awesome, and you're like in school and you're a student, of course. So it's like you're you're still learning. Yeah, and people can and only stuff. people can only teach what they know. So if you're being taught what somebody else knows, you know you're implementing those things that you're being taught into your own work. So it's almost like a natural progression to kind of bite what the teachers are teaching you. you yeah, know, like if yeah. I was going to teach somebody to paint, I would teach them how to paint exactly like how I paint because that's how I know how to do it. Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. So they they they, they all they, they showed you techniques and stuff and like and like, you know, some of the students' work started to look like theirs. And, you know, at the time I was like I was like, I'm not gonna look like their stuff. So it was like it was kinda like this weird but at the same time that sort of limits you anyways because you're sort of like super conscious of like what you can and cannot paint. Like, right. you know, like at the time I was like, you know, if you painted a bird in art center you're like you're like you're biting like the clayton brothers or something you know it's like you're painting birds and you're using this color palette you're biting them you know but it's like back then i kind of felt that you know i had to like you know so i was kind of scattered because i just didn't really like want to bite their stuff but when i moved to portland i was sort of away from that whole like that stress or that sort of i was like on my own you know and sort of like i caught I get to do everything kind of my way outside of your peripheral vision now. Like, so you didn't yeah. have, you didn't have that on your mind at all. So and I got to, I got to just sort of like do things sort of like how I would do it and not care about like other, other students or, or like, you know, if it's referencing the teachers too much, because if the, even if I tried to look like their stuff, it would still be different anyway. So, yeah. Do you find that the, uh, that the weather affects the work that you're making? I know you said it, it seemed to be easier once you got to Portland to start making the work. Do you think like part of like the gray aspect of Portland and the, the more time inside allowed for uh, a greater expansion of the work as opposed to in California, in Southern California, we have a perfect day every day, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of made it, like in, like in California, like I felt like I could only work at night. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, cause it's like, it's like ni- nice out and I'm just like, oh, I just gotta, you know, like I, I could only work at night. And, um, when I lived in Portland, it was, it was easier. I had a, I had a lot of different where places I worked. It was like in my room, in the basement and even in the basement, the basement sucks. Cause it was always dark and I felt like I was in a cave when I worked and I didn't like that. But when I got it, when I got a studio and I had a studio with some friends, there's this huge window. And even on nice days, I could still work because there was this huge window, and um, and I didn't feel like I was missing the nice day because there was this huge window. I could just pull the blinds and be like, "Oh, it's really nice out," and I could still work and like look outside and be like, "Oh, it's nice." But being in the basement, it feels like you're just you're just like wasting the day. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's nice out and you're underground. You know, yeah, having a studio with a window definitely helps. And you're a big uh, you're a big bike aficionado, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I assume you probably want to get outdoors when when the weather allows you to, right? Get on yeah, the bike definitely. And go, go do your thing. Do you what yeah. kind of um do you find you get some uh some of the similar rewards that maybe we get from the creative process in biking? Like do you do you find like some of those like meditative type phases where you just kinda of clear your mind and and just move? Or, or are you more like you're getting from one place to the other efficiently? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, like with biking, I, I definitely use that as like a, a mode of transportation. And then sometimes like on nice days, like I will like, oh, I'll ride to this park or I'll, I'll ride to there. And I don't really ride long enough to really like feel like a, a crazy, like in like endorphins or, or meditative stuff. It's sort of, you know, like I, I enjoy the ride definitely. But, but um, I got into running like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like I started reading, I started, I, I was reading Murakami and then for some reason, I think I was going to the gym and I'd run a little bit and kind of liked that. 
And then somebody got me his his book about running. It's like it's um, uh, it was like what I think about when what I talk about when I talk about running or something. Mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, oh, I really like that. So I started running more, and that's kind of when I get into like the weird meditative states because it's sort of like longer, and just sort of like I just keep going, you know. And I was like try to do like a certain mileage, and then uh, after a while, I just like that's when I sort of like kind of you know, like ideas come through and sort of like meditative states. It's like, I feel like, I feel like with running, I, that's for me, it's, that's, I, I agree. I, that. um, I started running and, you know, I, I made a choice last year at, at the winter solstice of last year to improve both body and mind and ended up, I started running and doing push-ups, Like that was my exercise and then eating right good, up. you know, like eating more raw fruits and vegetables into the diet to, you know, hydrate myself. And I, you know, I find those same things and it's even like that you even get high from it. You know, people talk about those runner's highs and what that is. And it's like, I think people who don't run don't really get a a sense of what that means, but there is some sort of weird brain shift at a certain point when you hit that, that certain mileage or just point in your, in your system where, where all of a sudden some new chemicals start getting released or something, some new endorphins in the brain that, uh, that, that cause some sort of euphoria almost and it's yeah. just true like you get you get that moment to clear the head out yeah it's great like um and his book is like in murakami's book uh it's great because like i kind of like related to his stuff because he when he started writing it was kind of like he just kind of sat there you know it was like just just kind of sat there writing and he needed something to do to sort of clear his mind and you know to stay in shape and to sort of do something like active. So he started running and it was really, it was really like inspirational because he just started running, started doing marathons. He started doing like ultra marathons and he started doing that in his like early thirties. I read that, uh, I think when I turned 31, I read that and I was like, crap, I want to do a marathon. So I did, I basically did a marathon like three months later, like three or four months later. Yeah. So you could run a far you could run, you could run a far distance then, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got some stamina. Well, I was I was going to mention what what's so great about running too, and and getting yourself in shape and doing exercise and things, is the confidence that it builds because you realize oh, yeah. when you start, oh, I'm out of shape and this is hard and I can't it it I can't do very much. Then within a very short period of time, you notice, oh shit, I just ran way, twice as far as I ran last time and I feel pretty good about it. And then you're able to keep moving and, and, and moving up that ladder and, and you get a sense of, wow, this human body that, that I'm in is really fucking strong. And if I, if I tune it the, in the proper ways, it's a, it's, a, it's a strong vehicle and not this like aching, ailing, uh, like lugging around body that we're used to if we're just eating donuts and you know cheeseburgers yeah. and shit yeah exactly like that's what i love about sort of working on that as sort of like you get not say like you get results but you get you get like you get a change like something happens with your work you know sometimes like you'll work on other stuff in life you'll put time and energy into it and sometimes things will work out or they'll work out the way you want it to but a lot of times in like I don't know, like trying to stay fit or, or like, you know, biking or running or like exercising. If you keep working on it, you'll kind of, you'll, you'll see improvement and that's, yeah, it does build confidence. Like when other things aren't working, you kind of like, 
you're like, oh, if I keep doing this, like there's, you know, you notice a change and it, and it sort of like, it's, it helps you like deal with other stuff because, you know, like other things like you'll work hard on and then you won't see a change, you know, yeah. like, you're like I've been working forever, you know, doing whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. but then working like on running or like exercise, like I'll feel a change, like I'll see a change and stuff. And that's really like, keeps, keeps me going, you know. My uh, my next thing I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start going to a beginner's jujitsu class down, oh, right. down the street from my house. I, and there's a guy up here that's uh, my buddy's neighbor or my buddy's friend that lives real close that has like a little gym built in his in his garage that I might go try to get like some uh, some early lessons or something. But I talked <laughs> about it. I had um, Sergio Hernandez on the show. And oh, he's, really? a, he's a local artist. Um, you should listen to that one too. It's really good. And he does like jujitsu competitions and does MMA and stuff. And so I told him, I was like, oh. all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go do a class. I have to, I have to get set up. I was thinking that I could just go and like do one class, like a beginner's class, but I think it's like, you got to get like a month membership and then oh like, yeah, do a certain number of classes. So I got to get some money together and then then go set it up but it's on my list of things and the more i have i keep talking about it so that i actually go and do it and not just get scared because i mean you know i don't want to go have my head ripped off but you know it's another yeah. one of those things where you know you'll be able to to build this confidence and see this thing that started not so good uh grow into something valuable and, and worthwhile you know definitely like i started uh seven weeks ago i started this uh workout plan called the insanity workout <laughs> program and it's and it's pretty funny when you look online it's just like this guy's like did deep you know and like it's uh me and my friend me and my friend leanne were joking around or kind of half serious like months ago being like we should do like the px90 like the crazy like yeah, get rich thing and then our mutual friend started this started her workout thing the insanity workout program and then she is part of this blog uh, called Insanity Punks. I think it's on Blogspot. But um, you know, it's all these like kind of punk bike kids from like Philly and her, and and she's from uh, Brooklyn. But um, they're doing it, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of like what what me and Leanne were talking about. So then I was like, I'm gonna do it. So I like downloaded, you know, I found like a torrent, downloaded every all like the you know the the DVDs of it, and I you started mean, it. You mean you bought so, it, right? You you, paid, you mean you bought oh, yeah, it? Yeah, I bought it. it. Yeah, when I bought it, <laughs> I just censor it. Like, bought it. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't download shit. No. Um, so then I told Leanne about it, and she's like, "Oh, I'm a, then she started it." I, I don't. I I know that like other people, like in that, like other people in our social circle started it too. You know, I've been noticing on Facebook, people are like uh, like we're like, I don't, I can't handle this. You know, like there's like um. It's kind of Noah. He's like, is there any smokers doing it? Because I can barely breathe, you know? And like, it was really cool because it got a lot of people like doing it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Um, do you feel like that's uh, a, one of those things where it's like you drive this car and so you see that car all over the place? Or do you feel oh, yeah. like it's a like an overall like consciousness shifting thing where like people are, are are working to better themselves at the same time? And since you're doing that as well... You know, you're sort of uh, attracting the the likeness of other of, of that same thing that you're looking for. Yeah, I think it, I think it's like I think it's a lot of like um, 
maybe a little bit of both because like um when i started running um i noticed like a lot of people in portland were also kind of started running like two like a lot of people were doing like the couch to 5k thing and then even when i moved like my old roommate started running like he like text messaged me like oh where do you get your running shoes and i went to like a running store and they like watch you run and then they're like oh you should get these shoes because they're like stabilizing shoes or whatever but um yeah i just kind of noticed that sometimes like when you start something like people kind of realize that like oh it's like not like i you do you you could anybody could really do it and it doesn't kind of matter like you know like being sort of artists or like into music or whatever like if you're active some people might be like oh it's like i don't want to be like a jock i don't want to go to the gym uh-huh. you know like it's sort of like it's sort of like we don't want to like go do that because it's like you know a bunch of meatheads and, and shit but it's like when you like something like running i felt is really awesome because it's really personal it's you and you know your distance or you and your pace mm-hmm. and stuff and like no matter what there's gonna be somebody faster than you or run longer than you but it's just you and that goal and it's really amazing that you could just like it's like no competition really you know even with bikes I mean, there's this sort of, like, kind of bike snob stuff and, like, people, like, you know, really awesome, you know, that have, like, fancy bikes and stuff. I mean, that's, but with, like, running, it's sort of, like, no one really gives a shit about your shoes, you know, (laughs) or, like, maybe they do, like, bike, like, running nerds, like, running snobs. But, like, it's so, like, personal where you just run and you just don't, you you know, it's, like, it's just you. And I feel like it's, like, it's pretty amazing where it's just, and it doesn't have to be, like, this meathead, um you know, competitive thing. And, uh, and maybe that's why I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of my friends might be starting to get into it. It's sort of like, it's, it's, it's not. It's losing that off. taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, a, a friend who's a, who's like a vegan nutritionalist and he's like way into um, like triathlons and, and marathons and stuff. And he's a, a inspiration to me because he's like, he's done it. And yeah. sort of like, I could like, ask him questions about stuff and that's my cousin just started the last like year and a half two years my cousin's been doing the iron man races oh dude he's a bad motherfucker let's let's move back into to art art (laughs) a little bit obviously you went to we talked about pasadena and art center did um did you get out and start doing some commercial work most of the stuff i did was was editorial like um for magazines I did. I had stuff for Entertainment Weekly, Guitar World, some random in-flight magazines. Um, I, I did a lot of those, and I think when I moved to Portland, like I was changing up my style. So then, run run that time, I didn't really do a whole lot of editorial stuff, and then I got more into just fine art, really, because it was, it was like I did. I kind of I got like burnt out on like trying to do portraits. And I got kind of burnt out of uh, being art directed. And then I think after after I got changed up my style at Portland and kind of got really like into that and into the fine art thing, I st- I got I got editorial work off of off of my fine art work, which was really great because it's like I didn't have to uh, promote myself as an illustrator. Like it was just sort of like this is my art. It's gonna kind of look like this, and I got like some editorial work it kind of comes and goes like in waves like i don't really push the editorial stuff that much because 
I actually really should <laughs> for uh, financial reasons, but uh, but uh, I kind of like fine art more, you know, just because it's like it's you and the stuff that you you well, want to like, paint. There, there's a lot more freedom to that, right? Like it's something totally different. Like I'm I'm kind of the same way as you. Uh, I do commercial work just whenever it happens to pop into my lap, you know, fall into yeah. my lap or whatever. Like I don't actively go searching for it. But like I just I finished a book cover last week that was just like some cool. guy who had seen my stuff and was like, Hey, you wanna do this? Sure. You know, it's not like I'm sending stuff out to the publishing companies and, and that sort of thing. But like you, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea because I'm poor and broke. But um, yeah. but there's that there's that difference between when we're making fine art, which is this like really personal um held at a high standard thing that is important to us that when we get asked to make something it's it's funny like i could make a painting and if somebody asked me to make the painting again as like an illustration wouldn't have the same um purity to me like it would feel like i was being told what to do and it's almost becomes not fun yeah i think th almost the exact uh the exact thing happened to me i got this i got this uh illustration job for like more magazine which is like a women's magazine 30s 40s ish lady magazine uh -huh. kind of oprah oprah ish <laughs> and uh and it was and it was about i think it was about women getting um their hearts checked out or or something or like you know i forget what exactly they're getting but it was about the heart and they basically wanted me to paint illustration i did before of this of like you know the pink background the white silhouette and the sort of the the arteries and sort of like a heart with like you know like wires connected to it you know uh -huh. so they basically wanted me to paint something i already did before but just add wires to it and i was like you know i was like oh it's a you know i was like well it's it's a job and like i wasn't morally opposed to like what i was doing i'm like oh yeah women you know people should check out their heart yeah <laughs> you know yeah. they should take care of their heart so i was like cool but at the same time i was like uh you know i'm just painting the same thing over again but i mean sometimes you gotta do some stuff stuff like that i mean one of the reasons why i haven't pursued a lot of uh commercial work is just sort of like the is sort of like what i'm selling i might not be into so instead of instead of like pushing on trying to sell stuff that I may not be, you know, it's like, you just get, you might get clients that, that just like, uh, you know, I don't want to work for McDonald's, you know, not like McDonald's is going to like fucking want me to do anything. Yeah. Cause like, I'm like, I'm blatantly vegan. So it's not like they're going to be like, Hey, but just sort of like stuff like that, where I'm like, you know, I'm kind of questionable yeah. clients, you know, sometimes it's nice though. Like, <clears throat> you know, we get, we get paid and then we also, get the work mass produced so sometimes there's that disconnect oh, yeah. between like well i can get this out here to a large new group of people and maybe it'll procure something positive even if maybe the company isn't as positive as as you would like it to be or or what have you i'm, I'm sure i've done some stuff with some some shitty people in the past i can't remember any offhand but you know it, it if you can look at it from a positive aspect it doesn't have to be that nasty like evil little marketing, you know, capitalistic creepiness or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's like something that like I would buy personally, then, then I have nothing really against it. Or something that like it's like, yeah, if it's something like I would buy personally, or if it's like it's something kind of fairly decent, then I wouldn't have anything opposed to it. Yeah. But if it's something that, like I don't know, it's kind of hard to like it's it's kind of hard to be like a commercial artist, but then not really buy like be sort of like to be a commercial artist but be, but then have this like weird view of like i'm not buying that shit because it's like i don't know it's like i don't drink i, I try not to drink a lot of soda or stuff like that but if like coke wanted me to do something i would be like that'd be a kind of a weird you know like you know like coke's corporate and i yeah. you know and it's fucking and and then that's also you know just like all the sugar you know diabetes all the stuff that's like sort of supports a lot of stuff so it's like you know it's a lot of stuff that would the people that would pay really well are things that i might not be into buying myself or even promoting yeah so that's kind of really hard thing about commercial work at least yeah, it's, my a, thing. it's a strange fine line right so like let's say yeah. let's say as opposed to be if you instead of just being a fine artist you you had made a decision to open a design firm or something and if Coca-Cola oh, yeah. comes along and says, here, we want to give you 100000 to do this ad campaign, if you're just running a, a design business, you're going to say yes in a heartbeat, right? Because there's, like, not that level of purity. Now, if yeah. you know, in terms of, like, thinking of, like, a regular design firm of, you know, like, a, a standard set of employees, like, a, a full business, Definitely. where there's that different level of purity between doing something for a profit as a business and then making fine art that is something really personal like running and then turning around and and putting like that financial price tag on it like that burden of being an artist yeah. and a businessman when you make that choice like you have to to focus more on the fine art side it becomes a, a real fine line of of what you can do in terms of like keeping something pure and and what you uh have like certain moralistic views upon yeah, it's definitely like that. And I think it's like more like that as illustrators and fine artists because it's your name. It's like your first and last name or like for me, like my first, my middle, like my, it's like my full name Yeah, go, goes into stuff. And it's like, and it's when, if I do an illustration, it's, it's like Ryan Jacob Smith endorses this message. And that's what the thing that's sort of like, that's eerie about, like sort of hurts me about, commercial illustration is it's like it's it would be like my full name and versus like if i was a design firm it would be like oh, i was designed by blah 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 design firm yeah like shy day or something yeah and it'd, it'd be like removed it's not like everybody that works there has their name up on their design saying like they all like this yeah. you know it's like it's but for me it's like if it's like your like your aesthetic your style and your name is attached to these things that you may or may not be into. And that's what makes the decision harder for me as a commercial artist, because it's like your full name and stuff. And I'm, if I was a, just as a design firm, you know, if, if I had like a, a, a separate name or, or just worked at a design firm, it's easy to remove yourself because it's like, Oh, it's the design firm doing that and not uh, me. And that's kind of the hard thing about I think about being an illustrator is it's like it's you go by your name and not by an entity. Yeah. And uh, so it's like that's why it's so personal to me because it's my name's attached to stuff. 
you're now in Brooklyn. You're in Brooklyn right now, right? So I guess you're yeah. probably not getting much running or biking in at the current time, right? <laughs> Are you guys getting destroyed with ice and snow? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm actually getting biking in because that's sort of like my my, uh, my ta- kind of like my my day jobby thing I'm doing is 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 doing bike delivery. So, so I've been doing that. <laughs> so you're out there in it. Yeah, I'm out there. I'm in the shit. So yeah. <laughs> I'm getting used to the cold. I mean, the 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 rain, the rain's kind of shitty. The rain and the snow is kind of shitty, but the cold's not so bad. I haven't been running that much because of the snow and ice. You know, I just don't want to try to run in it or around it. That's why. That's one of the reasons why I did, did the insanity workout thing because it's all like in my room. Yeah. You know, like I just have my computer on and just sort of like run in place. Like that's a lot of the stuff is like running in place and like jumping jacks. So it's like with the shitty weather, I could still do that. So. Nice. How long have you been out there for now? Uh, I think nine months now, nine or ten months. I think maybe eight. I don't know, around that area, like less than a year, almost a year. How uh, how are you liking it? Um, I I have mixed feelings about it, just because like uh, I don't know if it's like right now it's the weather, you know, or if it's just sort of the change in because I lived in Portland for like a long time. So, you know, like I made a lot of really, really good friends there and, and just sort of like, I it felt really at home and so like, I really missed it a lot and just kind of being removed from that is kind of like makes me miss Portland. And then here's just like the culture is super different. You know, it's like coming from like such a laid back place, like Portland, so like Brooklyn, which is like maybe a little bit more laid back than, than, than Manhattan, but still east coast in new york i don't know it had an effect on me like i kind of felt at first i was like well this is exciting and then at the same time i was like well this is kind of harsh you know it's just like or this is kind of like different you know even like the weather seems harsher i have friends out here but they're all kind of spread out and it's such a huge city that i don't get to see them a lot so it's a lot of it sort of like missing friends even missing friends i have here and then missing friends from portland yeah. and stuff I'm, so i'm trying and, to get out there in the it, springtime yeah the, the spring and fall are probably the best time like the fall is really really amazing here yeah or like that so do you make music as well you're into the music scene you're pretty pretty involved right is that yeah yeah i like to go to a lot of shows and and let of like diy shows and see bands and stuff i never really made a lot of music when i was in art school like i, I was like I'm going to learn guitar and go to art, you know, go to art school and then like maybe play in a band. And I was learning the guitar while I was going to art center. And cause you know, art center was so crazy. I kind of really didn't play the guitar at all. Yeah. And, um, and then after I graduated, my apartment was broken into and they stole my guitar uh-huh. and, uh, and like, I never like replaced it. <laughs> they stole my guitar, star Wars toys, and a camera and like it sucks and they, they didn't steal my computer because it was like an old like g4 like tower thing it was like really heavy but um so yeah i never really like got back into playing music but lately i've been like i've been like wanting to like sort of i don't know play <laughs> i don't be like buying like those weird loop pedal things and just sort of like making like loops or like sound collages. Yeah. So I feel like I, I'd be, I'd, I'd have fun with that and I don't necessarily have to like learn a whole lot. Maybe I could just gradually pick up the guitar and just sort of like make, I don't want to sound cliche, like oh, I want a noise band, you know, yeah. but like it'd be kind of fun just to do that. And I have a lot of friends 
well, you know, that have that sort of thing I, going uh, on. I've been playing fun. with some stuff on GarageBand, just making some little tracks. Like they have a ton of little loops and 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 drum beats and drum kits and things that you could actually like put some little electronic beats together. It's fun just to you know oh. like goof around and play with and and see if something comes out logical. So are you recording on GarageBand? Yeah. Oh, right on. I got a little um, a little USB mic that I use. I want to. I'm trying. I just set up a little PayPal thing so that people can donate to the show if they want. So I'm hoping that that people will start throwing some dough at it so I can go out and get some some nice mics and a little soundboard thing and get it a little bit more professional. But I mean, it works as it is now. I'm, I'm getting the messages out there, which is the, you know the important <laughs> part. Have you been paying attention to the Egypt thing at all? See what's going on out there? A little, a little bit, yeah. I read, I read something, uh, read something yesterday about the protesters, like the the anti government protesters, versus like the pro government protesters. Like it was crazy. It sounded like the, it sounded like the the government just like planted these pro government protesters just to fucking like fight. You know, yeah, like, that's I made I made a comment to somebody on Facebook that uh, the CIA has been known to do things like that, like get a group oh, yeah. of people to start to start protesting and then cause inner strife Definitely. as a way to to force a coup and then make it look like it was actually the people standing up. And I, you know, via social networks, there's so many people like, yeah, pro Egypt, like they're taking the power back and. It's kind of sad to think that if it is one of those like CIA type of like uh, setup groups that, that are, are put together, that it's really not the people standing up against the government. It's just another government fucking another one. Because Egypt yeah. is, a, is a really important trade route through because the Suez Canal goes through there. Oh yeah, and so uh, that's a it's a major trade route, and having control over that area is important and. You know, I, I just came up with my own conspiracy theory, basically, that was if if this CIA idea is has any legs to it, that, um, you know, it's it's similar to the Saddam Hussein thing. Like, we're happy to keep a, an evil dictator in in power somewhere as long as they they play the game and and do what it is that the West wants them to do. But as soon as they step out of line and start fucking around, like like Saddam trying to sell oil in euros as opposed to the dollar, and look what happens. As soon as somebody steps yeah. out of line, boom, they're out of there. Figure figure out a way, you know. And I, I this is all just conspiracy theory that's off the top of my head, but uh, it seems like it could be one of those things to get that to get the dictator out of there or cause like a some sort of internal strife. Definitely. Like in the Cold War, like if there if there were dictators that weren't down for communism, we'd like prop them up, you know, just being like, good, you're not into communists, but you're a fucking dictator and you kill people. But yeah, you're, you know, like I saw this, uh, I was, somebody posted on Facebook. Um, I don't know where it was originally from, but it was narrated by um, Morgan, uh, Sp- is it Spielock, the guy from uh, Super Size Me? Spurlock. Spurlock. He was narrating it. It was basically like outlining how these dictators are, are, are son of a bitch, but they're our son of a bitch. Sort of like they're like, they're, you know, it's like the, like we'll kick them, give them money for like arms and they'll give them like, you know, like weapons and stuff as long as they like 
aren't into communism or like or kind of do what we say but as opposed to like human rights issues we we turned a blind eye to like their you know yeah we saw that with the mujahideen in afghanistan when we were fighting russians or pretending yeah. or secretly fighting russians yeah but so it'll be interesting to see what happens it's there's a yeah. lot of shit going down they they were uh they were scrapping yesterday and they're scrapping again today uh, what's his, was it the guy from CNN got punched in the face, I guess? What? The <laughs> long guy, what's his name? I forget his name. He's all, he, he always does the New Year's shows with Kathy Griffin. Is that the 360 guy? Yeah, the... yeah. What is his name? Oh, I forget his name. It's right on the tip of my head. Something like Anderson or Anderson, something, right? yeah. This is bad radio. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, um, cool. Let's, um... What do you got coming up in the future? Do you have anything, uh, any shows or anything coming up that we could... Uh- yeah, I've been, I have a couple of group shows. Um, I'm in the the Rabbit Show, the the Year of the Rabbit Show at a Giant Robot. Mm-hmm. I th- think it might even start this weekend. Um, there's that, and then I'm in a, a group show in Portland in uh, March called The Shelf Life. And it's just like they set up like a they set up like a like shelves or like a long shelf. Uh, that goes all the way around the um, gallery, and it's like work that goes on a shelf, basically. Yeah. Nice. So, like, I'm gonna, you know, I painted a, I painted like a fake punk record for that, and we paint some like little skateboards for it. So Which yeah, I, it's like I have show. one of your skateboards. Oh, cool! Yeah, your little fingerboards <laughs> with the three on it. Yeah. Um. Also, your uh, your piece that I have just got. I don't know if you if you go on my Facebook, there is a link, a local art blog uh, that is connected with the local newspaper. They came by to photograph and do an interview about my art collection. Oh, cool. So if you, they, they called your painting that you did for me a print, but um, <laughs> your name's in there regardless. And I think there's a link to your website or, oh, right. or something. So if, if you go on my Facebook, I'll show you. I was going to like send it to all the people that got mentioned in there. So maybe I'll do that too. Let's, uh, let's plug your website. And do you do the the Twitters and the Facebook? Yeah, yeah. It's like I think my Twitter is just like Ryan Jacob Smith Twitter. <laughs> like it's like I, there's no like you know Ryan you know six six six, but it's just yeah. like Ryan Jacob Smith my Twitter and the Facebook's the same. So I mean, and then my website's just ryanjacobsmith.com, all one word. Okay, um, nice. And then um, I do a yeah. blog for each episode, so I'll I'll post up your work and. And oh, sort cool. of links to some of the stuff that we've talked about and those sorts of things, too. So, um, thanks a lot for doing the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. My first podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, brother. Sounds Have good. a good day. All right, you too. Later. All right.